Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Research shows that writing down your thoughts and feelings contributes to emotional health and healing, and it even accelerates the process. You know, we were talking about sometimes when we're going through the the pain of this, this transitional time, is there just a pill I could take to accelerate me from here to my new life? And as, as much as, boy, we'd all love to have that. We'd be rich beyond words, right? If we came up with that pill. But, you know, putting a little bit of time and effort into your own healing through writing will accelerate the process. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here today with Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Karen. Our topic today is a personal, powerful, perfectly priced practice for healing through divorce. And uh, we hope that you walk away with um, excitement and inspiration to engage in this new practice. This is something that Carrie uh, works with a lot of her clients on, and it's a a very uh, longstanding personal practice for her. And so I'm going to hand it off to you, Carrie. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, I just, I love that. So I'm going to say the title because it's just, it is personal. It is powerful. It is perfectly priced. And it is a practice. And it, uh, we're going to talk about how even research has shown that this practice will help you heal through your divorce and start moving through the decisions you need to make, through the emotional storms that you have to weather, and all of that stuff that goes on when you're going through a divorce. So I can just hear you saying, oh, what is it? What, what is this practice? Give it to me now. Is it is it a pill I can take? Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? 
you're going to hate me. So here it comes. It's journaling. It's expressive writing. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's getting you in relationship with you through paper and pen and maybe a computer and typing if, if that's more your jam. But the, the idea behind this practice is, you know, it's hard to say, um, Without saying up front, when, when people talk about journaling, when I introduce it to my clients, it's like, oh, no, don't make me do that. Uh, just uh, anything else. What else you got? What, yeah, else? Right. <laughs> what else is in the toolbox? What else can I do? Because I've tried that and I just sit there and stare at the paper. And, I, you know, so so uh, we're going to talk about that today because it it's understandable that there's resistance to doing it. Okay. Let's just be completely upfront with it. I know it because I do it too. And there's days when I was just like, oh no, I don't feel like it. But we're going to talk about powering through that resistance. And like you said, why this could be a game changer for you because it's personal. It's you and the piece of paper. And it is powerful because you get this chance to hear what it is behind all the the chatter and behind all the complaints and the the difficult emotions that get poured out and that's that's perfect you know and it's perfectly priced because you're not paying anybody to to do it it's it's you you know and so the other thing go ahead yeah I, i just you know as you're even talking in the beginning here um I will, you know, in my transparency, as I shared with you, I have not been um, someone who has been able to journal on an ongoing basis. And and yet what draws me back to it each time I do go back and try is um, there's also this almost meditative part of it. Like I, I, I'm always on the go. And so the stillness of sitting with myself and committing to a period of time with pen and paper, it it's like now it's just me and the thoughts in my head and the feelings in my heart. And there's something really um, valuable in that, especially during that chaotic, chaotic uh, season of divorce. Yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense because it is in those times when we're feeling okay about life and everything's kind of just going along, right? That That is where journaling kind of takes a backseat because, you know, it's it's not as needed. So just to accept that there's times when it waxes and wanes as a real personal uh, practice that you do and just to not make yourself wrong when you're not doing it, you know? Yeah, no, that's key. And so let's dive into um, you. The first thing I heard you say is that there's scientific background, there's scientific evidence. So can you share a little bit about what is known about um, the value of pen to paper? And yeah. Well, before we do that, I'm going to back up a little bit and just talk about one of the things that you alluded to, that it's you and the and the, and the paper. So when, when we're going through a divorce, everybody understands that it's important to be able to talk, you know, about what's mm-hmm. going on with people and with people that you trust. And that's the main thing. As you may have discovered, not everyone is available to be the kind of supportive listener when you need to talk. And there's great therapeutic value in being seen, heard, and witnessed, 
even in our darkest moments. We all know that. And at JBD, we certainly understand that because this is the backbone of our, our business here. We provide coaching, you know, a place for client to come and be heard and witnessed and cared for. And our groups, that's a huge part of the the healing power of community where you can step into a group and everybody gets it, what you're talking about. And this, this need to talk when we're going through something traumatic, it's definitely part of the research that's been done that when people isolate and don't have people to talk about their feelings and their thoughts with, they tend to go into a really dark place sometimes. Yeah. You know, emotionally, they tend to shut down. So yeah. just that act of being, you know, witnessed right. by other people while, while you're going through that. And today's suggestion is, I'm not saying to replace all of that, because that is important. But this is also being your own best friend, mm. you know, through your journal writing. And so writing is considered kind of a low cost therapy, right? And it's an easily accessible way for you to support yourself through a divorce. And the only equipment you need is a paper and pen. And it propels you into growth. It just does. This is where the research has come in because a lot of people have done studies of control groups of people that haven't done anything and other people have been given specific writing exercises to do. And through the course of their doing that, then there's interviews with both groups and little change in the people who don't do it and big growth post-traumatic growth, post, uh, you know, post-divorce um, growth has been really cataloged in the, in the group that committed to regular writing. And so journaling can seem like keeping a diary, but it's a little bit different. You know, we all kept diaries probably as little kids and, you know, you had your little lock on it and your little key yeah. and put it under your mattress by <laughs> my little pony, you know, diary or something like that. And yep. it's a good start because we get into the habit of cataloging what happened in the day and who hurt our feelings and, you know, what boys we liked or girls we liked or whatever, you know, it's just like, it set us up for that habit of befriending ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, writing journals is a more kind of grown-up version. It It's like you can do all kinds of writing and journaling. You can write about what comes top of mind and just kind of do a brain dump. Um, gets things out of your head and onto paper. Um, you can be also writing in response to, to prompts or specific exercises. I do this a lot with clients where in a session, a big question will come up for them. So, okay, that's your writing prompt for this week. What's 10 ways that I can uh, feel more joy while I go through this divorce? Mm. You know, whatever it is, right? Nice. And then you're focused about, you know, interacting with and analyzing what goes on, the events, the thoughts that you have about them, the feelings that you have. It's it's time for you to just unpack things, to slow things down and and to really um, take good care of yourself 
not in a condemning way, like to judge yourself on how you acted about certain things or how you wish you'd acted, but to say, this is what happened. This is what how I re- reacted to it. And here's how I might want to respond in the future. So it's it's this way to kind of play with things. And you mentioned this, Karen, you know, like uh, talking about writing a letter sometimes to your soon-to-be ex can be so healing. Maybe you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, I had um, I had a relationship post-divorce that was um, that lasted about uh, seven years and it was long distant. And uh, and we kind of were on on again, off again. And at a certain point, um, communicating my needs was like talking to the wall. And so I started a, a Dear John letter and. Mm-hmm. The value that I found in it, not only did it give me a chance to say what I wanted to say without saying it to a person who couldn't hear me, but as I went back and I started reading my Dear John letter over months or a couple of years, it became crystal clear that the same exact issues were 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 there time and again. I was maybe saying them differently, and that brought huge awareness for me that, okay, you you keep asking for something or whatever, stating something. And so I found that exercise so valuable, both to release my emotional angst around something and then to see it as this historic document of what was real and true, because we can forget, we can have rose colored glasses or what have you. And so for me, that was one of the journaling experiences that was immensely valuable. And at a certain point, I don't think I wanted to, um, stayed or complained to friends anymore. And so it was very, to your point, very personal, very much a practice and, um, and brought a lot of awareness. Yeah. And it sounds like it had even contributed some clarity about next steps for yourself. Very much so. And that's something that I do recommend when a client is just like, I have to tell him or her over and over again. And 12-step program, they say, say it once you're communicating, say it more than once you're controlling. And so I would give them, well, just start a document every time you want to say what you've already said. And it's it's very clarifying. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that story. I love that. Because um, let's talk about that, the power of writing. This is where I'll talk about the research that's been done a little bit. So research shows that writing down your thoughts and feelings contributes to emotional health and healing. And it even accelerates the process. You know, we were talking about sometimes when we're going through the the pain of this, this transitional time, is there just a pill I could take to accelerate me from here to my new life? And as, as much as, boy, we'd all love to have that. We'd be rich beyond words, right? If we came up with that pill, but, you know, putting a little bit of time and effort into your own healing through writing will accelerate the process. So 
There you go. You know, Carrie, in previous conversations about grief, you've spoken so eloquently about the vital importance of processing. And it seems to me, and the reason we call this so perfectly priced is, especially if you feel like I can't afford one more thing on top of everything else, the ability to process the emotions on paper. Can you just speak a little bit to how that plays into the grieving process too? Sure. It's especially helpful. Uh, The research showed, you know, for for people who are not going through something, you know, traumatic at the moment, the benefits of journaling can be, you know, small. But when you're going through something that's traumatic, uh, grief and loss, divorce, a breakup, uh, loss of a job, you know, where there are emotions that come forward that are part of the grieving process. They're normal. It's normal to feel reactive. Um, When we get it that we don't wanna be just dumping these emotions out into our environment and that the emotional freedom can come forward when we give ourselves that safe space to just say, you know, you need to die, you F, you know, you a-hole, right? And. It's like we just need to be able to say things like that in a safe place where it's not being said to somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, the grieving process, when when we give ourselves that space to express, it's one of the very first tasks of mourning. Um, It's right after accepting the reality of your loss. Then you need to deal with these feelings that you have around it. And we talked about talking to others, getting the help of uh, a supportive uh, either person or group, but also this journaling process. It's all about creating this safe space to share. And, you know, studies conducted as long ago as 1999 have provided concrete evidence that this benefits people. You know, they have better health, health outcomes. You know, when we're grieving, it it has a toll on us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially. But, uh, you know, your health can really suffer as well. So when this writing gives better health outcomes, improved immune functioning, you know, reducing your emotional reactivity, you know, that fight, flight, freeze kind of experience that we have uh, when we're triggered. You know, we're not thinking. So the right, the process of writing calms this part of you down, the amygdala, the limbic mm-hmm. system, and it reactivates the prefrontal cortex, which, which is where you do your thinking, your executive uh, functioning. This is where you can make good decisions. We don't make good decisions when we're reactive, right? Mm-hmm. So it slows you down. We are also able to get past obsessions, you know, that we have, you know, like you said, every time I want to say this thing to somebody, I'll write it down. You can see how um, kind of focused you are on this thing. And you go, huh, wow, I wonder what my life would be like if I weren't so focused on that, just on the good things that are happening or, or whatever. It, it can get you past insomnia. I, I know the time, you know, when my husband passed, I had problems with insomnia and I would just get out my journal and write and pretty soon I would feel sleepy and I'd be able to go back to sleep because the the thoughts, the anxiety, all of that were getting handled. 
Uh, it's also good for getting past stupidity, <laughs> just the stupid things that we do when we're reactive. Yeah. We put the pause button on and go, hey, before I take that action, let me think about it. Let me journal about it. Let me analyze my options. Let me come up with the best solution for all. And, you know, in the long run, it does help you find meaning and purpose from life's most challenging experiences. And you get important insights about yourself. I mean, how you tick, how you how you approach things. And so expressive writing, they found in that research uh, study was especially effective for people experiencing traumatic losses or complicated grief. You know, the the complicated grief is what occurs when the loss is kind of coupled up with either a clinical diagnosis of depression or, you know, say it was a suicide uh, or any kind of a, you know, thing that really makes the grief even more um, strong, you know. And so um, and also when there's a trauma, you know, that's included with the loss and it, what does the writing help with? It, it helps you to assimilate the loss. And divorce is a loss on so many fronts. I mean, we talk about this a lot, don't we, Karen? Yeah. And and I'm wondering, um, I remember you speaking to this once before, because you said earlier, it's it's better if you use paper and pen than even a keyboard. And isn't there something about the, the writing and what that um, physically or mentally does to you when you're when you're putting pen to paper? Well, I, I think it's especially important when you're doing the kind of writing that I'm going to I'm going to share a practice um, <laughs> that I, I have people do. And especially for this practice, it's more effective to do it pen and paper. And here's why. Um, when you are really um, in an emotional state and you're sitting down to write, what you're doing is you're, the, the thoughts and the feelings are kind of bubbling up. They're present right now. You might be crying. You might be shaking with anger. You might be, you know, you're feeling it in your body, right? Your body is having a strong, a somatic uh, response to what happened. So just the fact of taking your hand and writing physically on a piece of paper, it seems to like transfer that energy mm. that's come up from your body onto the paper. I don't know. It, it's kind of like magic. We'll just it makes sense. It kind of <laughs> makes sense. Just as you're saying, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not editing. You know, I, I don't know about you, but when I write at a computer, I'm doing writing that's outward facing. Somebody's going to read this. So I'm writing and editing. And and but when we're doing the, the kind of journaling that we're talking about, nobody's going to read this but you. There's no need to edit. There's no need to even go back and read it while you're writing. It's just just right. So uh, that that's why I really um, I think that I'll talk about this practice and it'll make sense. I think when people understand the difference between this and just like keeping a electronic journal or something like that. Well, let's go for it. I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, there's 
I was just sharing, there's lots of different kinds of writing. We all, some of us for our work, we do a lot of technical writing. We certainly write emails and things like that, right? It's communication. There's creative writing there. You don't have to be a writer, quote unquote, to benefit from a daily writing practice. And this practice I'm going to share with you is it's a specific kind of writing that's designed to help you feel first, you know, feel it in your body and then express. And then as you're expressing, you're releasing the energy, these difficult emotions. What is What are emotions? They're energy in motion. You know, we have a thought, we have a feeling to match that, that energy in motion, and we're kind of riding the wave of that energy and putting it on the paper so that the, the, the wave continues to move through us And then, you know, when we've talked about and released those feelings and processed them, it's then uh, going to create a shift for you where you start to automatically start to feel more calm, more peaceful, more almost held. You know, um, as you describe that, it reminds me of this one section of uh, Michael Singer's Untethered Soul. And he talks about when emotions, like when an upset comes to mind, right? Something happens that makes you upset. He said, if you could allow it to um, blow through you like the wind versus the body hold keeping the score and like kind of clenching down and and locking it in our bodies on a cellular basis. And so as you were speaking, I was thinking, wow, if every morning I'm prompted to think about, feel, and then release it, that kind of flowing through you, it's less apt to get lodged in your being, which I think is part of what you're saying about the 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 medicinal value of this and so um as a as a non-journaler um and as someone who's just lost their mom and has some complex grief to work through i am um i am listening i'm all ears as you talk about this practice i think i'm gonna try it out yeah well and i'm really glad you brought that forward because if we don't process the feelings if we try to you know outmaneuver them go around them distract ourselves from them shove them aside if we continue to do that they don't go away these feelings don't just go okay it's not convenient you know uh, i'll just i'll leave i'll leave (laughs) get rid of me And that's what we try to do. We try to get rid of these feelings. But guess what? If you're not meeting them and you're not expressing them and you're not allowing them, like like he says, to to just blow through, it's just resistance. That's all. You know, it's it's not like, oh, my gosh, it's resistance and fear. You know, fear is is uh, underneath all resistance because it's like I'm afraid to put you know, so much energy in, in feeling this, I'm afraid that it will annihilate me. You know, I'm afraid I'll just become this, you know, uh, unending sob, sobbing puddle on the floor. Yeah. Might do that for a while, but as, as the emotions ride through, they complete themselves. They've had that experience of being met and they've been uh, allowed to flow through instead of stopped. 
You know, I, I want to just take a moment here to reference uh, another um, podcast episode, and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. So um, Carla McLaren uh, was a guest that we had a while back, and she uh, was in our Life After Divorce series, and she talked about the genius in all your emotions. Mm-hmm. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking we all we we can all consider some of our emotions just bad. And and so she really she wrote a book, but she came on and so beautifully explained that every emotion is there to inform us and direct us and then for us to allow it to leave. And and so what you're describing that that practice of expressive writing actually can allow us to be informed and directed and then allow that emotion to release. And so I think that this would be a particularly good podcast for people who are listening to this and want to practice it to go back and listen to Carla McLaren's The Genius in All Our Emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree because our feelings do have messages and when they deliver the message, they go. It's like, okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah. Have you been listening to our podcast for a while and still feel emotionally stuck and overwhelmed? If you desire to experience the ease and confidence we so often speak about, we have a program just for you. Our Broken to Brilliant group coaching program provides the emotional support and practical guidance needed to move forward with certainty and confidence. It's a safe, caring, and affordable space to heal from the pain of divorce and create a life you love. You can learn more about this 12-week program, which includes six 90-minute group sessions, powerful coaching that catapults you forward, and a community of peers there to support you. Just go to jbddivorcesupport.com backslash broken to brilliant and register today. We'll see you soon. Let's talk about this, the practice. And um, it's similar to a practice that I've talked about on other podcasts with you, freeform writing. I'm now calling it emotional release writing because that's exactly what it is. So, so feelings, like I said, are the emotional energy that our thoughts write on. So if we have a thought, we have a feeling to match it. And if we keep that energy bottled up, it's going to be harmful. It's going to be suppressed into the body, comes out as disease, or it'll either come out in some exaggerated form, you know, like it's like road rage, that kind of thing, where we've just been ticked off and and irritated, frustrated, and then all of a sudden we blow up over nothing, right? So this is this is what this practice is uh, really trying to help you. Um, not do, you know, so putting your thoughts and feelings on paper, uh, you know, it's just so important. So it does two things for you. It gives you a safe space, as we talked about, and you're sending yourself the message, I'm here for myself. Even when you're feeling lonely and isolated and like nobody cares about you, you can be here 
you can be your own best friend. So again, so we're going to talk about it when when you sit down to do a, a, this emotional release writing, it's really helpful to do it when you're triggered. Oh my goodness, you know, when the, the feelings are so present, you just hung up the phone from the soon-to-be ex and they've done it again. They've just that thing that they do that pushes all your buttons. And you go, you know what? I need to sit down and do some writing about this. So get out a pad of paper and a pen, close the door. And, you know, if you do this as a regular practice, I have a little sign, you know, that I used to put out on my door that I'm, I'm doing my writing. So, you know, because feelings will come up, it might get loud in there and you don't want people rushing in going, what's the matter? You just you need this space and time. So just close the door. Don't let people know you don't want to be disturbed. You need total privacy. And you're not going to do this kind of writing at Starbucks, you know, because this is not for public display. Okay. And have the tissues handy. All right. So we're going to do the process longhand, which we talked about, not on the computer. And set your timer for 15 minutes. Because I think it's easier to say, I'm just going to do this for 15 minutes. It gets past the resistance. Mm -hmm. And then so you've you got your pet. Just write what comes to mind. That effing asshole. There she <laughs> goes again. You know, blah, blah, blah. Just write as fast as possible. You may not even be able to keep up with the, the, the thoughts. Just write a word and, and just keep. When I'm mad, I just start scribbling and then a word and I'm like, you know, so it's just you're getting the energy out, right? Just keep the pen moving. Keep it moving to match the speed of your thoughts. Write continuously. Don't stop until the timer beeps. So you may also find that you want to continue after the timer has, has gone off. Just keep going then, you know, so as you're doing the writing, the emotions will service. Keep writing, keep writing. If it's anger, keep scribbling while you're fuming. If it's sadness, keep writing through your tears. Just keep going. And you'll come to this point when the emotional energy has left because it's been released. You'll have a sense of release. You'll have a sense of lightness, a sense of relief, really. And that emotional energy, you may notice when that's been released, you may notice the writing start to change. And when you've surrendered that hurt and the anger and the upset to the page, there's often an opening that through which your soul can really start to speak to you. And it speaks the words of comfort, of encouragement and faith, you know? And so when you write from that voice of your soul, you often will have the experience of telling yourself something incredibly significant that maybe you didn't even knew, know that you knew. And so you probably, you know, just keep writing these words of encouragement to yourself. It's like, it's okay. I've got you, whatever it is. And just allow yourself to feel that own sense of loving um attention that you're giving to yourself, that you're making all of this okay. And you'll probably be in a tender place, you know, the, when you stop writing. So I do recommend spending some quiet time with yourself, just, uh, just, you know, even just putting your hands on your heart and just saying, I love you, you know, flooding yourself with that loving, doing some forgiveness work. A lot of times the judgments will come really apparent 
I forgive myself for judging myself as a bitch. I forgive myself for whatever it is, judging my soon-to-be ex as whatever it is. Just do that forgiveness work if that's it's your next step. Doing affirmation work, you know, what I mean by that, just I am held in the loving while I do this, you know, healing, whatever it is. Meditation or even just going out for a walk in nature can be really soothing. Not necessarily interacting with others yet, just keeping to this little bubble uh, that inside. And then, you know, when you're done with this whole writing process, Take the pages and either shred them or burn them. So especially when you've been doing the, the, the release work, sometimes I when I know that the energy has shifted and I'm writing from that loving place, I'll start writing in another place because I want to keep those words. But the other, don't you don't want to keep this. It's like you've just vomited on a piece of paper. So you want to clean it up. You don't want to read it. You don't need to put that stuff back in. You've released it. And you certainly don't want any innocent bystanders to come, you know, across these pages and read them. That can be really harmful. So shred them, burn them. This is part of the releasing process. And, you know, if you're going through a divorce and experiencing this emotional imbalance, I, you know, encourage my clients to do this at least once a week. Or when you're triggered, if you have the time to deal with it. Because when you come back to the situation, after having done this practice, you're going to approach it completely differently. You're going to see much more clearly what's yours to do and what's to be left behind. You're going to be able to make those clear decisions that are going to be of benefit to you and, and your family and to everyone you know, involved in the situation. So it, it this this way of writing it bypasses that that logical left brain kind of way of thinking and problem solving. It allows in that sense of wholeness and oneness with it all, and it's really what I call a multi-dimensional experience of expressing your hurt and comforting yourself at the same time. Right. It's like multidimensional. You're you're over here in the hurt and the fear and the anger. And you're also in this soul energy of loving yourself through it. It's really an amazing experience when you get there. I, I have to say, just listening to you, it sounds um, it sounds so comforting and loving. And I and I love that that, you know, you're talking about like really boundary yourself so that when you're done writing, you still have some time. I love the idea of like, go out and go for a walk or, or sit and meditate or um, kind of now swim in that ease that you've Mm -hmm. just created, like soak in it a little bit, like as Mm -hmm. if it were a warm tub, like really enjoy where you've brought yourself to. And so it, it just sounds, um, it sounds very spiritually based in some ways too. Like you get to this place where you've now connected with your spirit, your soul, um, the higher consciousness or your higher being. And it's like, wow, to go from whatever triggered you to have to write to then go, Ooh, now I'm just soaking in a tub, a tub of self-love and calm. And um, that just sounds delightful, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love the way you're expressing that because it, it, it makes you want to do it. Who doesn't want that for themselves? And it's a very well-deserved experience, you know, because you've done the work. You've been there for yourself. Way even better than ice cream. I'll tell you. Way better. Way better than ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking along the lines of a a lovely jacuzzi with some like essential oils to top it off. Rose Um, petals on the top. Yeah. 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 And I really want to invite you to, I think I'd love to take um, our notes from today's conversation and create a blog so that people can actually go back maybe with a couple of those prompts of, of how to start, because I am your quintessential resistant journaler. And I am now actually really, I just bought, um, I just bought a a composition notebook and I think I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to start uh, journaling my own, my own process through, um, Mom's passing. Here's my tools. This one, I I I like that. Transfer all the lovely stuff into, and then the other one is just like this, right? The for the the that That you that you that you burn or shred. Right, right. right. So it's yeah, I love that. So yeah, get out your your favorite journal to to capture the wisdom that comes once you've released all the you know, the hurt and everything that's on the surface. It's yeah. in your way, in your way. Yeah. yeah. I love you can, that. You can tell yourself where to look for hope when you write, you know, hope that things will get better. You know, it, it includes these times when you think you can't take another step. You know, you just somehow when you write all this down, the picture starts to emerge where you can see yourself taking that step. You can see the step and you can see yourself doing it and you can see yourself, you know, falling and getting up and being held, you know, like that's all just part of life. Right. Yeah. 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 And and I would say if if you're as inspired as I am um, and especially if you're in our Facebook community, like share or you can write directly to Carrie and just share what your experience is or to me, because um, this sounds like it could really be a game changer for, for all of our listeners and all of our clients. And especially for those of you who feel like you're between such a rock and a hard place financially. Um, what a beautiful place to begin to just um, to just give yourself that time and space to begin to process and release. Yeah. Yeah. And just a couple practical tips to, to complete with, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I do the writing because it it saved me, honestly. You know, I've been through a divorce. I've been through the loss of my second husband uh, last year. And it, it really helped me anchor into what we call a growth mindset instead of a victim mindset. Uh, because I'm meeting myself with passion, uh, patience, compassion, and love on this very human uh, experience when we're hurt and when we're uh, grieving. Okay, yeah. so the the tips are: it's okay to write just a couple words, but you know, to keep the pen moving, it, it, you can write several pages. Just write whatever is yours, right? And don't worry about what to write before you sit down to write. A lot of times, we'll be, oh, I don't know what to write about. You know, it's like you're sitting there, stare at the page. Don't worry about that. Just focus on setting your timer. 
Just get the pen going. Stuff will come forward. Give it your full attention. Certainly don't worry about how well you write. Nobody's nobody's going to read this. So, you know, the important thing is to write and just be honest. Be completely honest. This is your place to just be honest. Really completely honest about how you feel, what you think. And then... You know, no diplomacy, no editing. No, this no, is just raw. Nice. This is... This is not your place to be nice. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, just even if you're, you know, thinking, oh, I don't know, I just encourage you to try it a a few times. You know, there's no wrong way to do this practice. You know, and if you're thinking to yourself, I need to do this, you know, uh, if you don't take that action, it's just a nice idea. Right. So your transformation can be found at the point of your action. Do something about what you learn, and then that's where the transformation happens. So I'll get off my soapbox about that. Well, I'm going to wrap up with uh, a saying that uh, was written on a whiteboard. And when I returned to my Florida home last year, the only thing left from the woman who sublet was the saying, motivation does not precede action. It follows it. Mm. And I had been wanting to get on my bike for a while. And I was like, hmm. And so what I did was I went out and I bike rode and I committed to three or four days of bike riding and I was totally motivated to continue. And so for those of you who think this sounds like a good idea, do not wait to be motivated. The motivation will come after you do it and you experience the power and the value of it. So if you're driven to do this, as I am, get your book and your pen, put your time aside and commit to it and then see how you feel afterwards because the motivation will follow the action. Yeah. And do write about it if you're in our Facebook communities. Yeah, we, we would love to hear you saying, OMG, this was the best thing I could have done for myself. Or your questions. I got stuck with blah, blah, blah. No. What what do I do? And do I do? and yeah, yeah. we'll chime right in and help. Absolutely. Um, beautiful. So um, just to to say it one more time or five times fast, today's uh, episode is a personal, powerful, perfectly priced practice for healing through divorce. Grab your pen and paper, and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Carrie. This was wonderful. Thank you, Karen. And I just love you and the work we get to do together. So, And we will be back again real soon with another episode of JBD Team Talks. Until then, you take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.